Are you ready to take your career to the next level? Earning a master's in engineering management from the University of Louisville can strengthen your leadership skills and open new career opportunities in just 10 courses. In UofL's fully online program, you can take just one course at a time and complete the coursework whenever it's most convenient to you, making it easy to balance life and education. All you need is a bachelor's in a STEM field, no GRE required. Learn more about this online 10-course master's program at louisville.edu slash online. This is Problem Solved, the IISE podcast, where we talk to industrial and systems engineers about their work, ideas, and solutions. episode of Problem Solved, the IISE podcast. I'm David Brandt, Web Managing Editor for the Institute of Industrial and Systems Engineers and a producer on Problem Solved. And today we're talking about everything I needed to know about lean I learned in first grade. Well, not me so much, but our guest today, Tina Gustiati. Tina is a certified Six Sigma Master Black Belt and Continuous Improvement Leader. She currently works at MetLife as a lean management consultant. Her many activities and responsibilities include serving as the past president for the lean division of IISE, as well as serving as the current IISE technical vice president. She has served as a board director and chairman for the IISE annual and engineering lean and Six Sigma conferences. Tina is also an instructor who trains and certifies students for lean, Six Sigma, innovation, design of experiments, and business process management for IISE and other organizations. Tina, welcome to Problem Solved. Thank you for having me, David. We first heard about this presentation a short while ago. It was given to your son's first grade class. Is that right? That is correct. You've basically instructed a bunch of young elementary school students about lean at this point, and you claim to have learned about lean at their age. Tell us about how the presentation in your son's class came to be. It's really a funny story. So what happened is my son, Ari, his teacher reached out to all the parents and said, they're looking for trainers or teachers to teach a module for about 30 minutes at their class. And I thought, oh, they don't want to hear from me. I do lean. And then I thought, wait a minute, everything I learned about lean, I learned from first grade. So I decided to sign up and teach a bunch of six-year-olds about lean. And trust me, I was a little nervous when I walked in because every other parent was a doctor or a nurse or something really cool like that. And when they asked me what I did, I said, I do lean. And they just looked at me a little funny and I said, watch, it's going to work. So the concept about lean is lean is just very visual, right? And if you think about a first grader's classroom, from the second I walked in that class, the first thing they did, they gave me a name tag. They made sure everybody knew who I was and I was allowed there. If you think about a first grader's classroom, they have little cubbies with their names on them for their book bags. Mm -hmm. If you look at everything done in a lean process, including when they go to lunch, you know, they stand in line, they pick what they want, they flow their process. It's all learned in first grade. So I decided to tell the students everything that they currently are already doing in first grade that is lean. And they found it really interesting. And um, the funny part is they said, so, what do you really do? And I said, I make things faster and I try to do it cheaper. And every single one of them, when I left, said, 
I want to be an engineer when I grow up. <laughs> nice. That's really a way to show it to those doctors that showed up with all their fancy medical stuff. Right. You've completely rewritten my history of first grade, too. The standing in line, selecting what I wanted at lunch, waiting for the bus driver. Even the way we exited the school every day was in organized fashion. I'm basically going back and reimagining my entire school career at this point now <laughs> that you bring it all up. Yeah, even the bus stop, you know, they put a tally on to make sure every student was counted, you know, at the bus stop. I get a phone call if my son doesn't go to school and I call him in. I get a phone call saying during attendance, your son was not marked as present. These are all lean tools. That's really fascinating. So how much of lean does your son understand? Is he going into his class telling everyone you're really going to be impressed with my mom? <laughs> he is very convincing. And to this day, when I go pick him up from school, people come up to me, his classmates and say, I remember when you taught our class. So he really understands a lot of the concepts because we drill them in and we drill them in early in life. So 5S is a very common concept when it comes to lean. And my son knows everything about 5S. He knows how to organize. He has places for markers. He has places for crayons and books, uh, even places in his bedroom for certain stuffed animals. He even has sizes. So he really understands it. And you have to start them young in order for them to really sustain this. So now when he comes downstairs for his breakfast, he already knows everything he needs to do. You know, he, he goes in a flow, he gets ready, he knows that he has to make his bed and et cetera, et cetera. But it all comes from the lean concept. So I believe he knows more about lean than I even think. <laughs> well, I know my mom would have appreciated a lot of these tips when I was growing up. Uh, <laughs> certainly didn't have much of an organized fashion uh, most mornings during those days. Before we continue on, Tina, would it be all right if we made this presentation available for our listeners? Absolutely. Okay, so everyone, go to podcast.iise.org. After you're done listening to this episode, you can go there and you can look up the show description for this one and find the link to the presentation there. Moving on again, Tina, I've known you for years. I've known you to be very energetic about the Institute and about industrial engineering in a variety of fields and industries. How did you first become interested in industrial engineering and STEM? What was the spark that set you on this path? You know, I really wanted to be an engineer, um, mostly because my father was an engineer. So I knew I wanted to be an engineer. At first, I thought I wanted to be a computer engineer because I really liked computers. I did that for about two years. And then I realized I love people. That's when I switched to industrial engineering because everything you do in industrial engineering is with people. You talk to people, you get subject matter experts, you make people's lives easier, more efficient. And so that is the reason I decided to become an industrial engineer. Right out of college, I knew Lean and Six Sigma was just a really hot topic, but it made sense to me. It really made sense. And I remember just telling my professors, you should teach these classes. And now they actually do teach these classes, as do a lot of others. So I really enjoy it. And that's where my passion comes from. It's funny, David, because this weekend I was uh, teaching at University of Florida for IISD. And I had a group of 25 students that I taught uh, Lean Six Sigma to. And they enjoyed it so much. I've never had students say, can we stay longer? 
And that's what they asked for. They wanted to stay longer. People stayed afterwards. They wanted to connect. So me driving passion into other people is what makes me passionate about it. How does teaching professionals compare to introducing kids to industrial and systems engineering? Oh, it's so similar. They ask the same types of questions, which is really funny. You know, there's clearly a 20-year age gap, but they ask the same questions. You know, show me an example. How does it truly work? I think when it comes to adults and professionals, they really want to do hands-on thinking and, you know, hands-on practices. So mm-hmm. they, they wanted to do it. They didn't want me to show them. They wanted to do it. So what we actually did this weekend is I gave them a case study that they came up with on their own. We said, let's problem solve a huge problem. And they said, okay. And they talked about um, their classes and how there was a big problem with getting in and out of classes. They also talked about football games. They said during football games, it was very hard. It took about two hours for them to leave the football stadium because everybody wants to leave at the same time. Of course. So we said, let's do a root cause problem solving session on a football stadium and how we can make it better. So that's the kind of things that I think adults do versus kids are still, they want to be hands-on, but they are a little more about show me. And then when you get to the adult phase of it, you know, they're really like, let me do it. And I think that was my introduction to this field when I first joined IISE. You know, coming from a different industry and trying to understand how these ideas and disciplines really work in the world. And for me, that really was a matter of, you know, show me how it's done. Yeah. Believe me when I say this, I've sat with Larry Aft for many hours talking about these concepts and trying to get a full grasp before I go writing about them. (laughs) It always comes down to, Larry, show me what this means. Yes, yes. So whether it's first graders or high school students or even college students, what can help guide more students into pursuing STEM studies at a young age? What I would say is you really need to do hands-on. Kids love hands-on, right? They love playing with Legos. They love playing arts and crafts, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? Adults like to be hands-on. Adults like playing with Legos. Adults (laughs) like doing arts and crafts. So what I suggest when you're teaching concepts like this is to make it hands-on. So one of the main things I do when I teach the lean course for IISE is I bring a whole bunch of Legos with me. And the first round, I give them all Legos and I give them a big mess. And I said, build this Lego and um, tell me how long it takes to build, you know, this Lego of a car, a plane, whatever it is. It takes them, you know, 15, 20 minutes to build a pretty simple Lego. And then I said, okay, let's teach lean concepts. We teach them all these lean concepts about flow, 5S, and so forth. And then they use those concepts. And then they build the Lego again. And generally, they get down to five minutes versus 15 or 20 minutes. And then we'll even do a third round where they'll use even more lean concepts. And then they start doing innovative thinking. Think outside the box. You know, what can I um, have automated? How can I do robotics and so forth? And then that's the way they learn. But it's all hands-on, literally giving these adults a bunch of Legos. They learn lean. Tina, you wrote in the November-December issue of Industrial Management about developing the right processes for diversity and inclusion. And we've touched on this topic before on our podcast. For those of you who have been listening, uh, we had an episode, episode four, I believe, 
uh, where we talked to two students that led a panel at the IISE annual conference on the topic of diversity and inclusion. And I certainly recommend listening to that again. But Tina, if you would summarize for us how industries and enterprises can better include people from all walks of life in their workforce and their leadership. I believe that we have to have different ideas from a lot of different people. Diversity is what makes us unique. Diversity is what makes a lot of us intelligent because it's not always just one person's idea. It's a multitude of people's ideas. So the more feedback, the more ideas we get from different people, the more we learn. And this can be even whether it's different parts of the world, it can be different, you know, types of thinking. Sometimes we even do something called uh, the six thinking hats, right? Where you tell someone you're going to be this type of a hat and you're going to be this type of hat. Because what that does is it makes you think in other people's perspective. We always have a very strong opinion, but let's think about what other people have to say and how that even pertains to us. And that's the purpose of diversity, taking everyone's not a everyone's ideas, not just one person's ideas, and melting them together to have a really robust idea. Have you ever been part of an engineering project or team and wished you were calling the shots? The online master's in engineering management at the University of Louisville can expand your career opportunities and prepare you to take on leadership roles in just 10 courses. Classes cover topics like engineering operations, financial management, and more. All you need is a bachelor's in engineering or a related STEM field and the drive to take your career to the next level. No GRE required. Make your next career move with this online program at louisville.edu online. It's worth noting that as we're recording this interview, Katherine Johnson, the mathematician from NASA who was depicted in the film Hidden Figures, uh, passed away at 101. She's someone that has recently gotten a lot of attention aside from the movie, but also as a reminder that women and minorities have definitely played engineering roles in our society uh, long before now. But there seems to be a special drive to push more women and minorities into STEM fields. How can schools encourage more young women and minorities to go into STEM fields? So so let me say this. Let me say this. Um, so with engineers, it has been a very male-dominated world in the past. But now there's more and more women that are coming into this profession. They really want to do the same thing that everyone else was doing in this field. And I think the importance here is women helping other strong women, men helping other strong women, women helping other strong men. You know, it's diversity. It's all of us coming together. But that's what drives me a lot is getting the respect from other people and them really just trying to make other people stronger in the field. So whether it is a man or a woman, I think we're getting more diversity now. And I love seeing a lot of other powerful, strong women, you know, in the field. Of course, IISE has its own effort toward diversity and inclusion in its strategic plan. Tell me a little bit more about how that strategic plan can encourage more representation. It's a great question. And, you know, we came up with a new plan last year in 2019 for IISE, and we had pillars. 
And one of the pillars was diversity and inclusion. And the reason I wrote that article is to just inform people, let people know more and more about diversity and inclusion. And I believe that is what IISE is doing. We're trying to inform people about the the um, diversity and inclusion and what we can do to play a part. And so really educating people is the most that we're going to do within IISC uh, to support our diversity and inclusion pillar. I wanted to talk a little bit about your career path. You've worked as a process improvement specialist for industry and healthcare. How do the challenges differ in different occupations? What I will say is they're very similar in the methodologies. Where healthcare takes it a little bit differently is the fact that we are really dealing with people's lives, with people's health, with people's livelihood, right? So healthcare is taking an extremely strong approach with Lean and Six Sigma because at the end of the day, we don't want people unhealthy. We don't want any more, you know, deaths due to, you know, tragedies and sicknesses. So healthcare has said, let me take this Lean Six Sigma principle and really take it to heart because we want to have obviously just a healthier world. Mm -hmm. So I have more and more students nowadays that are in the healthcare region coming to me for Lean and Six Sigma advice. This weekend, it was very crazy. I couldn't believe it. I had for the first time in my life at my IISE Six Sigma Greenbelt class at University of Florida, I had an anesthesiologist as a student hmm. and the passion she had behind it and the story she talked about made it more powerful of why we need more in Lean Six Sigma in healthcare. And she even came up to me afterwards and said, I can't tell you how much this can pertain to healthcare. We talked about turning rooms around and how quickly we needed to turn rooms around to get more patients in. We talked about how doctors are available, right? They're available to do the surgery, mm -hmm. but it really relies on Lean and Six Sigma to get the doctors ready for that surgery. And she just emphasized how much Lean and Six Sigma plays into this to have the doctor be able to have more surgeries. So the doctors told us they, they want more. They want more work. But the problem isn't the doctors. The problem is getting those rooms, the equipment, the, you know, measurements and so forth ready so that they can be prepared. So I think healthcare is really taking a strong stance on Lean and Six Sigma. As a Lean and Six Sigma instructor, what do you want each participant to take away from one of your classes? You know what I really want out of my students? I want them to learn more and more and then teach other people. So I teach my students in a manner that they're going to teach it to someone else because I want everybody to know about everything we do in industrial engineering and how efficiency and effectiveness plays a part in anybody's role. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're a child or an adult or in healthcare or in manufacturing or in the government, IT, et cetera, as long as people are educating other people. So my key takeaway, and I tell every one of my students this, 
is I want you to go teach other people what you learned. Has that approach been altered over time based on your own work experience or your own training? Yes, it has. It used to be back in the day where it's actually one of Dr. Deming's philosophies. He talked about, you know, the knowledge of knowledge. And some people want to keep that knowledge within themselves because it makes them feel important. It makes them feel that nobody could do this without me. It's really, you know, one of those psychological things. But what I'm trying to show is, no, we want more people to know about everything we can do because other people can make it better. We can make jobs easier. We can make them more efficient. We can make processes faster. So, yes, it has changed from back in the day. You know, I'm talking Dr. Deming days where he said, People keep that internal knowledge within because it makes them feel important. But now what we're doing is sharing and spreading that knowledge so a lot of people can learn and make everyone's lives easier. In my own professional work, I've found continuing education to be more and more challenging as time goes on. There's so many different ways to learn. There's also more and more distractions that help reduce our focus and keep us from the goal that we're trying to achieve. And it's different for everyone. Everyone learns a little bit differently. But nevertheless, there are more challenges, I think, despite having more methods and channels for continuing education. Having said that, how do you see Lean and Six Sigma education evolving in the near future? I think that we're only going to learn more and more. And I personally really believe in continuing education. I actually take at least one class a year on something different that I don't know as much about. So as we progress, we're going to just learn more. And again, this goes back to diversity and inclusion. We're going to learn more about other fields and how they pertain. So an example is actually next week, I'm going to an agile training. And the main reason I'm going to this training is to show and compare the similarities between lean and agile and robotics and even bringing IT and scrum in. So I think that with us learning all different types of practices, we are going to be able to learn more and more and become even more efficient. And is that something we're going to see more and more of in every industry, that direction and shift toward agile? Absolutely. I mean, if you think about agile, And if you think about lean, they're very similar, right? But every single industry needs it. You know, I I named the top five industries and everybody is going towards lean and agile and Six Sigma. You know, it's IT is doing more and more with it. Government, a lot of government is actually requiring their associates to take training on agile and take training on lean and Six Sigma. You know, we talked about healthcare already. Healthcare is saying we need this in order for us to have healthier lives. You know, manufacturing, it's always been known. How can we make our process more efficient? And then the other realm is finance. You know, how can we utilize this in the finance world? If we start learning from each other, there's always a benchmark. And it doesn't matter what industry you're in. You know, I did manufacturing most of my career. And then I moved on and I'm now in a very transactional role. Guess what? It all applies. It applies no matter what industry you're in. And I think that's what we're trying to show is that diversity of all of us learning from each other, whether it's healthcare or IT or finance, et cetera. But the concepts are all the same. How can we use them in different places. So as we bring this to a close, I want to bring things to a full circle. 
you learned everything you need to know about lean in the first grade. So day to day now as an adult and in the future, what do you look for in your day to day life that requires engineering and maybe elements of life that most people don't realize can have solutions with engineering application help? I think everybody's an engineer in their own life and they don't even know it. We engineer ourselves in all places, in all aspects. I think about my day and all I care about is how can I do things faster? How can I do things more efficient? And it's whether you're getting ready in the morning, whether you're um, driving to work. I have an example, actually. Uh, One day I was in my closet and I like to wear a lot of dresses. And I realized I couldn't find a particular dress. I remember which dress I was looking for, but I couldn't find it. So that day I decided to 5S my closet. (laughs) So I literally, this is true story. I 5S my closet of dresses. So now all the summer dresses go together. Any type of fancy dresses like for a wedding or special occasion go together. Sundresses go together. Sweater dresses go together. So I use this engineering concept in my everyday life. If you saw my pantry, David, you would laugh. You would really laugh. I have bins for certain things. I have, you know, the sauces in a certain area. Engineering pertains to anything you do. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people are using engineering and they don't even know it. But all we're trying to do is make our processes better. Very true. Very true. We're going to bring this to a close. Um, I just want to get one more question in, and that really surrounds IISE conferences. I see you at a lot of them uh, for many, many years. Every year. The only the only one I have missed is uh, Puerto Rico when I was 36 weeks pregnant, and I was not allowed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. Uh, I also remember, I think it was the HSPI conference that year. You offered me your salad because you saw I was running around shooting photos and video all day and you knew I didn't have any lunch. But I remember explicitly telling you that I was not going to take lunch from a pregnant woman. That was not going to happen. (laughs) So that story aside, what keeps you coming back to IISE's conferences year after year? The knowledge and the people. It's those two things. Like I mentioned, you never stop learning. It doesn't matter who you are, how old you are, how much knowledge you already have. You can never stop learning. So I go to the conferences because I learn something. I go to different student sessions. I go to my old professor's sessions. I see the same people, you know, and then it's the networking. I love the group I'm with, the technical vice presidents. I've got Amanda Newborn. You know, she works phenomenally with us and seeing us get together and discussing all the different things that we do. That's what makes it. Those conferences are wonderful. And even this year, I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to go to HSPI. And I wrote Amanda and Tarun and all of that. And I said, I'm really going to miss you this year. So the people and the networking makes it a lot of fun. And we love what we do. And we're passionate about it. So it's nice for us to get together. Uh, and then, like I said, you always learn something from those conferences. On that note, we will leave things here. Everything you needed to know about Lean, you probably already learned in the first grade. So says our guest. Tina Gustiati. Tina, thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank you, David. 
This has been an episode of Problem Solved, the IISE podcast. If you like what you've heard, then please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. If you're an IISE member, you can participate in discussions about this and other episodes at connect.iise.org. If you're not a member yet, then you can learn all about the Institute of Industrial and Systems Engineers at our website, iise.org. Thanks for listening to our show.